0: I still want you. Hello, brother. I'm Grace. Hello, brother. I'm Stephanie. And this is Doppelgangers. Today we're talking about season three, episode 19 of The Vampire Diaries, which is called Heart of Darkness. I'm quite familiar with this episode because it is a frequent attendee of my YouTube searches. I've been waiting for this one. Turn it up. Heart of Darkness. Emphasis on the heart. Literally. I'll start as always by reading the synopsis from Vampire Diaries Wiki. Elena and Damon set off together to make sure Jeremy is safe in Denver and to see if his special abilities can help reveal the information they need about ancient vampire bloodlines. It doesn't take them long to learn that Jeremy has been hanging out with the wrong people. Stefan and Klaus go to brutal extremes in their search for the missing weapon. Caroline is thrilled when Tyler returns to town, but Tyler soon suspects that something has been going on between Caroline and Klaus. Matt has his hands full trying to keep Rebecca busy organizing the school's upcoming 1920s decade dance. Poor Rebecca. She can't go to a single damn dance, can she? (laughs) The universe doesn't want her at these dances. God forbid she go to one fucking high school dance. This is her villain origin story. We start the episode in the Salvatore dungeon where they have finally decided to lock up Alaric. Why it took them a week to come to this conclusion, it's unclear. Yeah, it's about fucking time. Yeah, lock him up. Lock him up. I think at the minimum, he should be, you know, locked somewhere for like a week. Clearly, he's not to be trusted quite yet. And again, you have a basement full of dungeons. They're pretty spacious. They're nice dungeons. Yeah, as far as dungeons go, they're not bad. Yeah, he's fine. And they bring him whiskey. What else does he really need? It's it's his apartment then. Books and whiskey. Might as well be at home. <laughs> Elena comes down to check on him. He's still himself. He's not evil lyric yet. That's the name they're calling him. It rolls right off the tongue. She like comes inside the locked door and he says, hey, you really shouldn't do that. That kind of defeats the purpose of me being locked in the cellar. She says, well, I'm already here. She says, well, I kind of crave the sweet release of death at this point. Yeah. She says, I'm just bringing you the basics, toothbrush, clothes, boring books to help you sleep. Rick takes out a book and he's like, Dr. Jekyll and Mr. Hyde. And Elena's like, no, I didn't put that in there. And then she realizes there's Damon doing a little joke. She rolls her eyes, but the joke plays. A gets a little laugh out of it. It's a funny joke. I mean, I'm sorry. You're going to bring him a stack of books and you're not going to put Jekyll and Hyde in there? Come on. You got it. He says, well, at least one of us still has a sense of humor. Elena says, are you sure you're OK? You know, you don't have to be kept in here. And he says, no, I really should. He's like, no, it's fair that I'm in here. I, I think I've earned this spot. And he says, you know, at the very least, until you get my alter ego to tell you where we hid the white oak stake. And Elena's like, we looked everywhere. He hid it well. Well, clearly you didn't look everywhere because it's in a place that you should have thought to check. I think it's in one of your more recent places and a place where vampires can't go. So that's a safe guess. Mm -hmm. Rick says, what do you think Klaus is going to do if we can't find it? And Elena's like, well, it's the only thing on earth that can kill him. So I'm guessing he's going to wage a war, murder people, you know, the classic Klaus stuff. What do you mean? What's he going to do? He's going to kill somebody. I don't know what to tell you. This is normal move. She says BTW, Stefan is going to watch you for a while. Now that Klaus knows where Jeremy is, it's not safe to keep him there. So me and Damon are going to go fetch him. Rick says, why are you saying that like you're waiting for me to disapprove? She says, I don't know, because I'm traveling across the country with Damon. And Alaric, I'm sure, has an opinion on this. But instead, he says, I'm more curious what Stefan has to say about it. And Elena says, actually, it was Stefan's idea. He thinks I have unresolved feelings for Damon. And he's right on the money there. Yeah. And Rick says, what? You? Rick says, that's a crazy theory. I thought that Elena was worried that Alaric would disapprove of like, bringing Jeremy back. Because like we're just going to move Jeremy back and forth willy-nilly now. Don't want to ask him his opinion. He seems fine with it. I mean, he seems fine with it, but like apparently he made one friend in Denver and it was Cole. So, well, we know he had friends before Cole got there, supposedly, although he could have been lying on the phone. Yeah, well, and he's just left his dog behind. Yeah, where's his dog? His dog's still in Denver. Damn. Alaric says, well, do you? And he's very like impartial asking her if she has unresolved feelings, which is nice because it's obvious she does. Yeah, even though the answer is just so clear to everyone. And she says, I guess I'm going on this trip to figure that out. Good luck with that, Queen. We'll see. <laughs> Meanwhile, upstairs by the fire, Stefan's watching the fire. It's very call me by your name. Damon approaches and he says, hey, have you heard from Klaus? And Stefan says, well, no, but obviously I'm going too soon. He's expecting two steaks. And I only have one. So a reckoning is coming. Yeah, he asked me to bring all the steaks back and I've decidedly not brought all the steaks back. So I'm guessing he'll be knocking the store down Probably today. (laughs) Damon says, well, that'll be disappointing for him. And Stefan says, don't worry about it. I'm going to get it out of Alaric. I just need a little bit of time. And Damon says, I love your confidence, Stefan. I don't share it, but I love it. He's like, but I am so supportive of you, brother. And Stefan says, oh, you don't think I can do what it takes. And Damon says, right now you're good, Stefan. You're in control. You might get the girl, but you'll lose the edge. Now, not in control. Won't get the girl. Still no edge. (laughs) Rough day to be (laughs) Stefan. Elena enters and David says, oh, speaking of. And he says, have you ever flown first class? And she says, who would you compel to get that? And he says, I use miles. Now, David, where have you been flying that you've been racking up those miles? You don't go anywhere. And when you do, you seem to run or drive. We have not seen him get on a plane in the entire run of the show. Granted, I'm sure he has been on a plane many times between like 1864 and today, you have to assume he's been worldwide. But like the the joke plays. Don't get me wrong. It's It's a good joke, but it is like, well, who'd you compel to get the miles? Well, maybe it's credit card points. That could be. I believe that. He gets points and then he can turn those points into miles. I bet he's really into like credit cards that have point systems. Oh, I bet he is. I bet he's really smart about it. I mean, he doesn't have to be good with his finances, obviously, because the Salvatores notably have many fortunes. Yeah. But I think he probably like is the kind of guy who takes real pride in his credit score, even though he doesn't need it. Yeah. Well, and I bet that he just like likes to play the system in that way. Yeah. He has a cashback app for gas. I know that about him. Like it's like extreme couponing to him. Like, yes, saving the money and like getting the points and stuff is nice, but it's really more about like beating the system. Yeah. It's more about like showing someone how much you can win. Yeah. By buying like 20 tubes of toothpaste for like five cents. Yeah. He doesn't need the toothpaste. In fact, he could get that toothpaste for free. It's the principle of the thing. It's the hunt is what it is. That's why he's not crazy about blood, because he's busy hunting down credit card points. He's hunting down deals. Well, Stefan doesn't know how to handle himself and is too addicted to blood. Damon's like, you got to start gambling. Yeah. And Stefan's the kind of guy, too, that he's like, I really don't care how much it costs. Just fix this. Yeah. And Damon's like, no. Damon says, no, I care how much it costs. I'm going to get the cheapest deal. I know he's made a car salesman cry. Yeah. And Seven says, whatever, I want this little red car, whatever you want, I'll give it to you. I'm very rich. Damon got a good deal on his Mustang, I know that. I know he did. Realistically, he probably did compel a little bit, but I think he would not compel just to see if he could. And then once he got it as low as he could without compelling, he was like, okay, I'm still not paying that. Give it to me (laughs) for free. But I wanted to see how low I could get it. He wanted to talk to price. Down and then, then he said, OK, you're going to give it to me for free. But I appreciate the negotiation. But I love that I got you down like $4,000 under what you were asking. It's the hunt. It's the love of the game. Then they start to leave to catch their flight. Elena turns back and Stefan says, be safe. And they leave. And by that, he means use a condom. And she says, I'm going to forget about you in a day. She said, don't even bother. Then we go over to the school. Caroline comes into the multipurpose room, which is very busy with lots of decorations. And there's a banner in the background that says the Roaring Twenties. And she seems a little bit confused by this. She approaches Matt and says, hey, what the fuck is this? And he says, oh, it's the Decade Dance. You made us sign up to help. She says, I know it's the fucking Decade Dance, you dumb fuck. She's like, I can see a decade on the sign." And I know that I asked you to sign up. I know it's the decade dance. That's not what I'm asking. She says, but this is the 20s and we are doing the 70s because in season one, we did the 50s. In season two, we did the 60s. We are doing the 70s. We're going in order. And she's like, and I have an outfit. And Rebecca walks in and she's like, oh my God, you guys, these decorations are so flashy. It's a speakeasy, not the world fair. They're like, we don't know what that means. And she sees Caroline and she says, oh my God, great. We need help setting up the tables. Get to it. And Caroline says, excuse me, what are you doing? Caroline's like, I'm not taking orders from you, you fucking bitch. (laughs) Rebecca says, well, someone has to be in charge. And Caroline says, yeah, me. I'm the chair of the dance committee. And the theme is the 1970s. She's like, am I on glue? She's like, am I crazy or am I right? And Rebecca says, so you'd rather dress in tacky colors with bad hair than be a classy flabber from the jazz age? Short answer, yes. Short answer, yes, I'm not a fucking pick me. Yeah, she is giving pick me, girl. Give me my little booby 70s shirt, my big hair, some weed. Yeah, crochet. Plus, Rebecca, you've already lived through the 20s. Don't you want to try another decade on for size? You missed them all. I know, that's what I thought too. It's like, you really connected to the 20s, girl. And why? That is the decade that your brother killed you. That's the decade you died. Don't you want to try something else? Yeah, Rebecca's very into the 20s, which is very funny because she lived it. She's done. And it all brings us back to in season one, episode seven, one of our all time great episodes. When we were talking about how flappers are pick me girls, Rebecca's a pick me. It really never has. It has never been disproven and it never will. When we were having that conversation, I was like, I can't wait till we get to the part where Rebecca chooses the 1920s theme for the decade dance. Now, look, I am a Rebecca stand against all odds. She makes it hard. You're standing beside her, but I'm standing beside her because she is crazy and I love her for it. But girl. I know you'd like the 80s more. You're a cocaine girl at the end of the day. Do some cocaine. I think you'd like it. Yeah, I think she should be fighting for the 80s. She'd look cute in that. I think that's what she should be going for, but I get it. She's busy with whatever the fuck she's doing and she wants to be a classy girl. Well, she was like a whore of the 20s. Mm -hmm. No disrespect. She loves doing it. But I think she's trying to nurse a lot of romantic leads right now, particularly Matt Donovan. And she's like, well, the easiest way to do that Is that So I look my best at the dance because I haven't been to a dance before. Yeah. I want to do the 20s because I know I was a slut in the 20s. I don't know what the 70s look is. I couldn't figure that one out. I didn't have the opportunity. That's true. She knows what works in the 20s because it was working. She couldn't troubleshoot the 70s. Yeah. In the 70s, like she could look on Pinterest, but she's like, there is such a range here. And I don't know which one is the biggest slut. And also she's coming... She's basically starting at the same level as any other high schooler dressing for the seventies, whereas Mm in the twenties, she's got better options. Yeah, that's true. I mean, I get why she's doing it. I do think it is ridiculous and it's stupid and I am not a Rebecca Stan, but I get why she's doing this. I understand not being a Rebecca Stan and she, she does not do well this week for us, but she's trying her best. (laughs) <laughs> Rebecca says to Caroline, honestly, I don't know what my brother sees in you. And Caroline says, well, maybe he sees a challenge because unlike some people I don't sleep with everyone I make eye contact with. Ooh, on her neck, <laughs> on her neck. Well, when she says this, you can see Matt kind of be like, Klaus has something going for Caroline. Interesting. He's like, I'm going to let that one lie. Well, he knows that already. I guess he knows that. But he's like, interesting that Rebecca knows this. Mm-hmm. He seems to make a face, but he he leaves it be. Matt says, hey, you know what? maybe we can do both decades. And they both say, no. They said, no, Matt, that's dumb. That's really dumb. And Rebecca says, come on, Matt, don't be a coward. You loved my 20s idea when I presented it to the group. And Caroline says, oh, you traitor. (laughs) And he says, bell bottoms and disco. I don't know. It seemed cooler. And honestly, I do think for Matt's money, he looks better in a 20s look than he would in a 70s look. That's true. He would look dumb in the 70s. He looks dumb now. The further back you go, the better he looks, I think. Yeah. Rebecca says, see, it's cooler. And Caroline says, okay, whatever. Have fun. Enjoy your stupid dance. And then she leaves. Storms right out. Makes a whole stink of it. Good job, girly. Rebecca smiles because she feels like she won. Poor Rebecca, you didn't. Poor Rebecca, it's just the first loss of many today. Outside, Matt follows her and he says, Caroline. And then when she gets to the car, she turns around and she smiles and she says, impressive. You really sold it. So they were teaming up. Matt says, you bought yourself a day. Caroline says, thank you. Keep her occupied. Be careful. Matt says, you too. And then he says, tell him I said hi, okay?" So we know Tyler is about to make his grand re-entrance. And, you know, when Tyler left, I was like, no, I can't wait for him to come back. And I'm like, oh, Tyler's back. I got to deal with this guy again. Obviously, I like Tyler, but I'm like, oh. Caroline and Klaus was getting some steam going. Yeah, they haven't even kissed yet. They haven't even kissed yet. Why is Tyler here? (laughs) Then we go back over to the Salvatore dungeon. Stefan approaches Alaric's cell, and Alaric's like laying down, having read like three pages of Moby Dick. And he says, do you have any idea how hard it is to fall asleep when that's what you're supposed to do? No, I fall asleep super easy. Yeah, I fall asleep easy every night, (laughs) even when I want to stay up. I would fall asleep after one page of Moby Dick, maximum absolute maximum. You could not pay me enough to read Moby Dick. You would literally have to pay me a thousand dollars to finish that book. Good money. I, literally, I would not go a dollar lower. Fair enough. Stefan says, look, I know it's not easy. So Damon suggested I bring you something to help speed up the process. It's alcohol. What else does Alyric want? And then he puts Moby Dick aside because he's like, oh, fuck, yeah, I get to drink again. He's like, finally something good. Stefan comes inside. He opens the door. And Alex says, you know, I'll feel decidedly less pathetic if I don't drink alone. And Stefan's like, I already have a glass, bitch. I- <laughs> you think I'm not going to drink? Yeah, he's like, oh, no, I even brought my own chair, which apparently we stole from a diner. I know it's like one of those old silver metal chairs that's at like a Disneyland. Like at flows cafe in Cars Land. Exactly. The clearly like cheapest chair you could get for like a diner. You want to know where they stole that from? I can tell you exactly where they stole that from the blood donation center. They were already getting the blood. They said that looks nice. Yeah, might as well, because that chair doesn't go with anything in their house. So that's a great one to put right next to your freezer in the basement. Oh, yeah. It certainly doesn't go with the dungeon, but it would go with the freezer. Good point. Stefan pours them both drinks. They start to sip and Rick says, oh, so road trip, huh? He's so messy for this. He's like, hey, Stefan, want to cry real quick? He's asking everybody about this. He's obsessed. He's like, I don't have TV. I got to get some fucking entertainment somewhere. One thing about Alaric is he's not really sure who to ship right now because he doesn't want to ship Delena, but he kind of does. And he doesn't like that about himself. And he kind of wants to ship Stelena, but it doesn't move the needle for him. And also on another level, he doesn't want Elena to date a vampire. So he's not sure who to ship. I don't think he really wants Elena to date either of them, but he has seen the sparks fly between Elena and Damon for some time now. Yes. He understands the Stefan thing, but he's like, I don't know. This guy cries a lot. At least Damon's fun because say what you will about alert. He may have issues with Damon sometimes, but that is his best friend. Yeah. And that's I mean, the fact that he's his best friend is the reason why he knows it's both good and bad for Elena. So his heart ships Delena, but his head ships Delaina. So he's trying to get all the information to figure out who he should ship. I think his heart ships Delena and his head ships Elena and someone else. Matt. Maybe Matt, maybe just some amorphous blob that he hasn't discovered yet. I think he's like, Stefan's fine. Elena makes his little heart flutter, much like me. And then he's like, OK, but Elena, please get away from this. <laughs> please run away. Don't become like me. You should move to Denver, too. Yeah. Stefan says, yeah, I needed to stay here for this road trip. And Rick says, why you? It doesn't really take much to babysit me while I wait for a psychotic break. And Stefan says, well, unfortunately we have limited time. And Alaric says, till what? (laughs) Stefan (laughs) says, till we have to resort to other methods. And Rick says, okay, so you're worried you're gonna have to torture it out of me. You don't think Damon could have done that? If anything, Damon might be better at that. Yeah. And Stefan says, Elena needed to go on that road trip with Damon, no matter what I go through to get her back, fighting bloodlust, gaining control of my life. None of that matters if she has feelings for somebody else. And also, none of that matters because he hasn't done any of that. Well, he has. I think you're being a little hard on Stefan. He obviously has gained control of his bloodlust for the time being. He's doing better. Yes. Yes. Exactly. Fair enough. And he's working proactively on, you know, reestablishing a loving relationship with Elena. And I do understand his logic that none of that really matters if she has feelings for someone else. But I don't think he needs to like push her and Damon so much together. He's like pushing them together. He wants them to make out. Because I think he wants her to like explore that and figure out it's nothing. And choose him knowing that. But the dangerous game with that is like you might not be the one that gets chosen. And I don't know that Stefan has fully like opened up that thought because he's like, well, Damon obviously loves her, but she's going to realize that I'm a better person than Damon. I don't think he thinks that he's a better person than Damon. I think he thinks he and Damon are both bad people. I think he thinks that she will realize that he's a better fit for her. Yeah. Which, unfortunately, I don't believe is true. I think you can make the argument, but. I think it's, a, it's different types of love that the two of them show. Sure. One is like unconditional and one is like toxic. I disagree with those terms. <laughs> one is passionate and one is comfortable. Sure, those are great terms that definitely a Damon girl would say. They're the same terms that you're using, but just positive connotation versions of them. Yeah. We're saying the same thing. I'm just a Delana girl saying it in a nicer way. Precisely. So then we go over to Denver. We can tell because there's a bunch of establishing shots of mountains. And then they arrive at some batting cages. And Elena spots Jeremy. Jeremy is trying to hit a ball, but he can't hit any. And Damon says, next time we compel him, remind me to make him better at baseball. He's like, hey, he's just in the batting cage. Just give him a break. Elena says, hey, Jeremy. And he says, oh, my God, Elena. And then he sees Damon. and He says, OK, what's wrong? He's like, oh, what's Damon doing here? So they're heading out of the batting cages. And we catch up with them at the end of their like rehashing the synopsis of what's going on. And Damon says, Catherine sired us. Rose sired Catherine. So we need to figure out who sired Rose. And Jeremy says, so you traveled across the country to get me to talk to a dead vampire. And Damon says, that is redundant, but yes. Jeremy says, well, I can't. I could talk to Anna and Vicky because I knew them, but I never even met Rose. He didn't even see her in passing. And Damon says, you know, what good is you dying and coming back to life if you can't talk to a ghost when I need you to? Great point. Great point. That's all he's really useful for. At least he has some powers now. Elena says, well, you know, Rose spent a long time running from Klaus. She and Damon were close. Maybe we can use him as a connection. And Jeremy says, fine, but can we do this later? My friend just got here. And yes, Damon, I actually have friends. I'll call you when I'm done. He was so like, yes, I have friends. Eat it. He was like, look, here's my cool friend. So he hugs Elena and she's like, oh, yeah, have fun with your friend. And they turn around and it's Cole with a baseball bat who's his friend. So it's not his friend. It's Cole. (laughs) Of course. (laughs) Cole hits Damon in the kneecaps, I think, with the baseball bat. Yeah. Gives him the old Tanya hurting. Yeah, he does kneecaps at one point. I don't know if it's right away, but he hits him with the baseball bat. And Jeremy says, what? And Elena says, "Okay, get back. He's an original. And Cole says, no hurt feelings, mate, but we are not buds. And Jeremy's like, man, there are some hard feelings. Damon spots a wood shard from the first baseball bat, which was wood. And he picks it up. Yeah, like split in half, you know? Yeah. And Cole picks up a metal bat and says, you know, I'll never get used to aluminum because he died in 1912. (laughs) So it's a new invention for him. He says, but at least it won't break. He goes to hit Damon with the metal bat, but then Damon stakes him with the broken wooden bat. And Jeremy says, did you kill him? And Damon says, nope, but it'll give us a head start because he, you know, temporarily staked him the way we've seen with Elijah before. And they just leave him in the batting cages. Like, is no one else in the batting cages? Did no one else witness any of this? Yeah, that seems unlikely, but, you know, maybe everyone's busy in Denver. Maybe it's not a big baseball town. Yeah. So then we go over to a motel. They don't say exactly where it is, but there are mountains in the background, so it could still be Colorado. Uh, Damon says, hey, for the record, Elena wanted us to stop, not me. And it's like, dude, I just want to sleep. Shut up. And it's like, can you not say all this in front of my brother? We're not there yet, buddy. Yeah. Jeremy says, where are we? Damon says, corner is somewhere, nowhere. Cole can't find us here. And Jeremy says, I can't believe Cole was a vampire. (laughs) And Damon says, didn't you find it weird that you made a friend so fast? Have you met you? You know, even as a Jeremy stand, this is a fair point, because this would have been like not even a week. He's been there long enough to get a dog. No, Cole has only been there like a week. Oh, yeah. Sure, sure, sure. I believe that Jeremy made other friends in that time, but Cole is fast because Cole just got there. Yeah, I personally don't believe Jeremy made other friends in that time because, as you can see, he's not calling anybody, but OK. Elena says not helping. They get in the room. Damon says, all right, whoopee little nod to the movie Ghost. He says, what do you need? Candles, incense, pottery wheel. Jeremy says, that's not how it works. And Damon says, I know, I'm just goofing. He reviews how it works because we went over this time and time again at the beginning of the season. Jeremy pulls from this side, someone else pushes from the other side, yada, yada. And they meet in the middle. Exactly. And Jeremy says, oh, do you have a picture of Rose? And Damon says, a picture? Like what, from our trip to Disneyland? (laughs) Because you remember, Rose was not around that long. (laughs) Yeah, they didn't really have time to take a bunch of pictures together. Yeah. Damon says, come on, Rose. You're not going to make us wait, are you? I know you're obsessed with me. <laughs> and Jeremy says, why don't you tell me something about her? Damon deflects by implying that she's good in bed. And Elena says, something that matters. And then Damon says, okay, well, she spent her last day in paradise, soaking in the sun and reminiscing about what it means to be human. And when death came, she didn't fear it. And Elena's like, mm-hmm. Turn back the clock, because that is not how I remember that day. Yeah, Elena's like, that is not my recollection. I remember her trying to kill me a few times and then basically foaming at the mouth. Yeah, Elena's like, I would not have called that peace. She said, that was not paradise. And then Jeremy says, it was in the dream he gave her. Rose is here. And Rose has appeared. She's got the same Alice Cullen haircut we expected from her. No hairdressers on the other side. Yeah, it's all booked up over there. <laughs> then we go out to the woods in Mystic Falls somewhere. Caroline is walking alone, leaves Russell, and then Tyler's there. They've done something with his hair to make his head look longer and thinner than it had looked. So he looks really, really hot. Yeah, his hair's taller and like shorter on the sides, you know? Yes. They're really leaning into the faux hawk. They saw what they were doing on Tyler Hoechlin on Teen Wolf and said, "Okay, we we can do that. They said, get us that. They said, get us MTV's hairstylist. They said, we got to step up the hotness of our wolves. We were coasting too long on the fact that they were hotter than Twilight. But Teen Wolf is making us look like dumbasses. Yeah. Teen Wolf is making us look like idiots out here. And their wolves look so much worse than ours. But (laughs) the people are so hot, it bounces it out. (laughs) They make out. He says, you have no idea how much I've missed you. They make out more. They go to the Lockwood Cellar. They make out still more. And they're clearly about to have sex. A lot of making out. It's been a while. I mean, and good for them. Get it, queen. They're both very beautiful. Enjoy this time because this relationship is not long for this world. (laughs) (laughs) Then we go over to the Michelson house. Matt is dropping Rebecca off after giving her a ride home. He says, home, sweet home. And she says, "Okay, why are you being so nice to me? he says, I drove you home. You don't have a car. He's like, I'm just being a normal person. Yeah. And she says, not just that. I mean, like helping me with the dance, standing up to Caroline, a lie. Uh, she says, I don't buy the whole gentlemanly thing after everything my family's done to you. What are you up to? He's like, you shouldn't. I'm lying to you. I'm tricking you because you're a soft target. And it's funny because she's really like fishing for something here. And what she's fishing for is like, well, you're just like special. I've never met a girl like you. I have feelings for you, blah, blah, blah. And Matt's giving her none of that. She's not saying this in a way that's like, I don't trust you. She's saying this like, my God, you're so nice. to little old me. I guess I just don't usually deserve it. I'm not used to guys being nice to me. I just can't figure out why you would. Yeah, I just, I'm never treated as well as I believe I should be. She should be suspicious of him. That's fair. But she's not actually suspicious of him. She's just like, please say you like me. And he's like, "Mm, that I won't do. Matt is not even giving her anything. Like he's smiling at her. Like first, he's like, I just gave you a ride home. Like he's smiling and saying that in a charming way. But he's literally like, I gave you a ride home. I'm not even being that nice. He's not even saying like, oh, I didn't want you to walk home alone. He's like, you don't have a car. I drove you. Yeah. He's like, I'm not adding anything to this. And then he says, you know, it's sad that you can't get a ride home without thinking there's some ulterior motive. Now, notice here, he didn't say there's not an ulterior motive. He said, it's sad that you think that. And it's also sad that you're super right about it. She like takes a minute, lets that sink in. And then she laughs and she's like, you're right. You know, I'm probably going to organize this whole dance and then have to compel myself a date. Like she's throwing him a softball. He says, ah, well, let's not got crazy. Too bad. <laughs> He's like, ah. Uh, Don't don't say that about yourself. Anyway, get out of my fucking car. Anyway, the longer I sit here, the more gas I'm wasting. So get out. Yeah, it is funny because then he's like, goodbye, Rebecca, which is like, can you get out of my car? And then she says, thanks for the ride. And she gets out and she watches him leave. She smiles. He didn't even wave at her. He doesn't watch her to make sure she gets to the door safely. He's not giving her an inch of romance. He's giving her actually lower than human decency. and she has never been treated better poor Rebecca say we about Vicky at least when Vicky begged to be brought somewhere by Tyler he brought her yeah at least it worked <laughs> Poor Rebecca she smiles she really believes she is in the beginning of her romantic comedy era she really is like wow that's gonna be my boyfriend you're more delusional than Klaus honey and she said I'm gonna kiss him at the dance like you won't kiss him and you won't be at the dance <laughs> I hate to tell you I don't know why you think you'd make it to a school dance. You've never done it before. She goes inside the house, still riding that high. And then she gets brought back down to earth really quick because she walks in and who's standing there but Esther. I knew she'd have to be back soon enough, but God, did she really have to be? Apparently. She says, mother, and then she pretty quickly chokes her. And she says, give me one good reason why I shouldn't kill you right now. Shouldn't have even opened up that conversation. Should have just killed her. Take a page from Klaus's book. Yeah. And Esther says, because I'm dying. So then we go away from that for a minute. We go back to the motel. Damon, Elena, and Jeremy are talking to Rose. Well, Jeremy's talking to Rose and Damon and Elena are there. Elena says, oh, is she lonely on the other side? And Rose says, no, I enjoy it. I was running so much when I'm alive that I'm just enjoying the freedom now. Yeah, because she's had been running for like 500 years. That sucks. Must be nice to just be able to hang out. Yeah, now she's literally just watching the Vampire Diaries. The only thing she has any expertise on is Elena and Damon. Jeremy says she's happy. Damon asks if she's still hot and he says, I don't know. She's got a weird haircut. Jeremy's like, well, she looks like you described her. I'll say that. He's like, I wouldn't personally call her hot, but maybe you have different tastes than me. I mean, the hair is just taking me out of it, buddy. Rose says, tell him he's still dripping with sex, too. And Jeremy looks at her like, I'm not going to fucking say that. Jeremy's like, no. No. And she says, fine, tell him I miss him. Jeremy says, oh, she misses you. And then she says, oh, and tell them I'm rooting for him and Elena. And Jeremy says, well, I'm certainly not saying that. And Jeremy says, she misses you both. (laughs) And she says, and she clocks that. She's interesting. Rose says, unfortunately, I don't have any news on the siring front. Klaus didn't sire me. No original did. It was Mary Porter. And Jeremy says, some lady named Mary Porter. Damon says, scary Mary. We're meant to believe that he knows her based on the way he says that, even though it's just a rhyming word. Damon says, where is she? And Rose says, I didn't keep track of her when I was alive, much less now. But let me see what I can find out on the other side. I can just flit around. Yeah, Rose is like, we're not really friends, but like I could hunt something down. I guess I don't have anything else to do. She's my show's on. I feel like we're hunkering towards a Delana kiss here soon, but I guess I'll go look for who sired me. She's like, I'll go look. But like, can you make sure the two of them don't like lay down together while I'm doing that? Because like, I do think something's about to happen today. And I've been waiting for it personally. And so I would like to not miss it. Yeah. Then we go back over to the Salvatore dungeon. Rick says, oh, you think they got Jeremy by now? And Stefan says, they probably should have, but I haven't heard from them. Elena's worried about him since, you know, he can't count on his ring anymore. And Rick says, ah, who knows? Maybe his alter ego is a pot smoking hippie pacifist. That's just his normal personality. His alter ego has to be different. Yeah. Yeah. Rick says, I really can't say I thought my alter ego would be so hostile and militant. And Stefan says, I mean, it kind of makes perfect sense. Your wife left you to become a vampire, and then your girlfriend was killed by one. Stefan's like, I don't know. It makes sense to me, buddy. Rick says, wow, he must really hate me. Here I am. Failed hunter, drinking buddy of vampires. And Stefan says, ah, he's too judgmental. Malaric says, you know, the thing is, though, he's me. I'm not compelled or possessed. There's no humanity switch. What drives him is me. And Stefan says, no, he's not you. He's the darkest parts of you, parts we all have. And then Klaus comes in. He's like, well, this is super depressing. (laughs) He's like, can we get to the point here? He's like, can we not do the heart to heart? He says, I found this upstairs. It's the second to last stake. And he says, so by my count, there should be one more. And Stefan says, yeah, uh, it's going to take a little bit more time to find it. Stefan's like, there is definitely one more. Yeah. Now that is not the question on the table here today. The question today is something entirely different. And Klaus says, why is it going to take a while? Because we're waiting for that guy to pass out. I think I'll just kill him. And Stefan says, well, then you won't know the location of the other stake. And Klaus says, I can live with that, actually. Yeah. He's like, none of you know where it is. So that's good with me. Yeah. If none of you know, and I know you've been looking and you haven't found it, I'm okay. And Stefan says, well, actually, the thing is, I can't live with that, because when we staked Finn, we discovered that killing an original kills the entire bloodline. Now, I don't know which one of you I'm descended from, but I'd rather not find out by dying. So why don't we find the stake, destroy it and all live? And I do get why he's saying this, but unfortunately, it does bite him in the butt that he told Klaus all of this. I get why he's saying it. It makes sense to lead with this, to be like, that's why we need to find the stake. But don't you think Klaus would use that against you if he could? Yeah, especially since Stefan straight away said, like, I don't know who of you I'm descended from, because I'm guessing whoever knows that knows because they've tracked. And it makes it clear, too, that, like, if Klaus is like their descendant, then they won't want to kill him. So Klaus is like, okay it would behoove me to find that information. And if it's not me, change some other people's answers to some questions. Yeah. To make it me. Stefan does love to give more information than he should. So it is what it is. Klaus says, okay, so the fate of the entire vampire race depends on you finding a stake. And to get it, we need that guy to pass out. And he says, so, okay, I feel totally justified in doing this. And he pretty quickly kills Rick because he's got his ring on. And he's like, there, sleeping like a baby. Klaus is right here. Yeah, you need him knocked out and he won't fall asleep in three days. I'm sorry, it's time to kill him. Yeah. We don't, we can. He's done it before. He'll wake up. It's fine. He already got his dark side coming out. One more death isn't going to kill him. Yeah. And if it does, then it does. Say, lovey. Klaus doesn't really care. Yeah. So we go back over to the motel. Damon gets a call from Stefan. Damon asks if there's been any sign of evil lyric. And Stefan says, no, only dead Luric. He was wearing his ring. Klaus was here and he's just not very patient. And Damon says, oh, that makes sense. Cole probably told him that we were in Denver. And then he asks how long Rick has been out. Stefan says, I don't know, a few hours. I'm hoping when he wakes up, it'll be the other him. Damon says, if not, and Stefan says, I know, whatever it takes, whatever it takes. BTW, did you get a hold of Rose? And Damon says, yeah, but no answers yet. So we're stuck in a motel until she gets back to us. Stefan says, motel? Stefan says, Who, who's stuck in the motel? And, and how many rooms are you stuck in? Yeah. And what's the layout of rooms? You, you probably got Elena and Jeremy their own room, right? Because they want to keep up because they're siblings. And you probably don't have a key. And everybody gets their own bed, right? Because we have a fortune, so we can get everyone their own room. Like, are you sure you didn't want to say it like, a suite in, like, a Marriott so that you could each have your own bedroom? Because I know that sometimes hotels only have one bed. And not for nothing, why not pay for a nicer hotel where there's, like, I don't know, some security? I mean, Cole would probably kill the security if need be. But as it turns out, Cole wasn't really looking to find them. Yeah, Cole has some other stuff going on. Yeah, Cole's busy. And Damon says, yeah, we had to get away from Cole. That's why we're in a motel. Not a big deal. I'll call you when I know more. He hangs up. We go back to the motel room before Damon comes back. And Jeremy says to Elena, hey, what's up with you and Damon? She says, what do you mean? Nothing's up. What are you talking about? Nothing. We're just, we're, you know, he's the brother of the guy I used to date. And Jeremy says, are you sure nothing's up? Because even Rose said something. And Elena said, what did that skank horse say? What did Miss Ugly Haircut have to say? But Damon comes back before Jeremy can answer that question. He asks if everything is okay. They say yes. Damon says, well, you know what? I'm going to freshen up. You should get some rest. I'm sure Rose will make herself known when she gets back. Then we go back over to the Michelson house. Rebecca is talking to Esther and she's like, how are you dying? I thought Iona preserved your body with a spell. And Esther says, yeah, she did. But I was drawing all my power from the Bennett line. And when Abby died, the connection was severed. So my power lines weakened now. Oh, no, you're not allowed to live for a thousand years as a mortal. Life sucks. I know. And Rebecca says, well, if you've come to spend your last moments with your loving daughter, prepare to be disappointed. You should have spent less time plotting my death. Fair. And Esther says, is that what you think I've been doing on the other side? Of course it is. You said that. Girl, that's what you told us. Like, literally. (laughs) Like, literally, that's what you said. Literally, you said to my face, I want you to die. And she's like, you think I want you to die? It's like, yeah, she says, I've been looking after you for over a thousand years of joy and heartbreak, your fights with Klaus, the night you cried yourself to sleep, calling my name. There was not a moment I wasn't by your side. Rebecca says, yeah, and you still tried to kill me. And Esther says, well, because it shouldn't have been a thousand years. No one should live that long, which is rich coming from you. Literally, you have even less reason to be up and walking right now, girl. And I know she was dead for like 900 of the thousand years, Esther, or that she was like, you know, effectively dead. Yeah. Still, it's like you're just as immortal as the other ones. And I get there's like the argument like, oh, but she's using magic from witches and that's the servants of nature. So technically it's natural, but feels like a little bit of a. Feels hypocritical. Yeah. Feels iffy. It just feels like your time is certainly up. And the only reason your kid's time isn't up again is because of you. Yeah. Rebecca says, I haven't lived at all, which you have, girly, but whatever. If you haven't lived at all in 900 years, that's really not your mom's fault. Yeah. Esther says, you know, I'm so, so sorry. She holds Rebecca's hands. She shakes a little and then she collapses and appears to die. Like, Klaus comes in and Rebecca's like, she's dead. And I'm like, that was really anticlimactic. Anyway. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, moving on. Next scene. Bye. It's the same as how Michael's death was kind of anticlimactic. So it's like, I guess she could just die. Well, it's like, yeah, she shouldn't be alive right now. So I guess she just died. I'm like, that was kind of boring. I wanted to see Rebecca kill her. But like, whatever. Bye, bitch. Moving on. Okay. (laughs) Then we go over to the Lockwood Cellar. Caroline and Tyler are laying down together after intercourse. And Tyler says, did I mention how much I miss you? (laughs) They laugh. She says, at some point, are we going to actually have sex in a bed? She's like, because I'm pretty sick of the cement, if I'm completely honest with you. And he says, once I figure out how to deal with Klaus, we'll we'll be set. And Caroline says, tell Klaus to suck it. You broke his sire bond. You don't have to deal with him anymore. And Tyler says, I mean, I don't know. It's broken for sure until I test it. And Caroline's like, "Um, I thought that's why you were coming back. It's like, I thought you were pretty sure. He says, look, I feel different. I feel freer. I feel more myself. I turned about a hundred times in the Appalachian mountains. And if I can get through that, I can get through anything. Can you? We'll see. Now we'll see because I'm sure he feels different and freer, but you also like didn't have any responsibilities for like a month while you were roaming free in the woods. So yeah, I feel pretty, pretty free after that as well. Yeah. You were on vacation. <laughs> yeah. You were on vacation for a month. Bet you feel good. And Caroline says, well, I'm glad you feel like you can make it through anything because we actually have another problem. Matt killed an original, and then every vampire that that original turned mysteriously died. So now Damon is kind of desperate to figure out which original created our vampire bloodline. And if he finds out it wasn't Klaus, they were going to kill him. And Tyler says, wait a second, but Klaus turned me. And Caroline's like, yeah, I know you're getting there. Yeah, Caroline says, yeah, the thing is, I know that. You know that. Actually, everybody knows that. But the thing is, Damon actually doesn't care because he doesn't really know you or care about you. And Tyler's like, yeah, that's fair. We've never really connected. (laughs) We've never really hung out. Yeah, he's like, we're kind of like Phoebe and Ross. We don't have a lot of storylines together. (laughs) Then we go back over to the motel. And it's about to happen, everybody. I've been waiting for this one. Turn it up! Damon gets out of the shower. He grabs a bottle of whiskey. Sure, he always does. He puts a shirt on his body, but it's a button-up shirt that he doesn't button. He is slutting it up over there across the room. Yeah, fucking whore in the corner. Yeah, and it works. Elena is watching him from bed. She's got her eyes wide open. She is looking. It is, like, just full staring at him, which I would be doing, too. No shade to her, but it's like, girl, it's not subtle. He takes a drink and he sits, and he looks at Elena. He sees her looking at him. And she does close her eyes to like cover it up, but she does it after like three full seconds. So he saw. He saw. And she knows he saw because she knows that was a slow reaction. Then she opens her eyes and looks at him again. And he's still looking at her. So they're looking at each other. And then he walks over and lays next to her in bed. Because he's like, I know an invitation when I see one. Yeah, he said, okay, so this is where we're headed tonight. Nice. She says, you never told me that you did that about what you did for Rose and he says well it wasn't about you It wouldn't have come up it would look like bragging if he told her about it because it's very nice and this is a good thing for Elena to see because Elena's main issue with not being able to admit she has feelings for Damon is that everyone else is like he's a bad person he's a bad person and now there's something good that he's done that she is not the only one who knows about so she's like look he's nice to more people than just me great great sign Yeah, he did something good that had nothing to do with Elena, whereas every other good thing he's done had something to do with Elena. Yeah, this had nothing to do with her. It was just him being a nice person like by himself. And she's like, nice. It's Like, that's what I've been looking for. She said, oh, my God, I just got so horny. She says, why don't you let the people see the good in you? And he says, because when people see good, they expect good. And I don't want to have to live up to anyone's expectations. Uh, He's being vague, but he doesn't want to have to live up to Elena's expectations. Yeah. Anyone is very clearly meaning Elena. They look at each other. She rolls away like onto her back. So she's not looking at him. She breathes kind of heavily. And then he reaches out to hold her hand and she lets him. And they hold hands for a second. And honestly, if that had been all we got this episode, I would have been more than pleased. Hmm. Yummy. But it isn't all we get. They look at each other and then she gets up and leaves the room. She's like, "Uh, I'm getting too close here. She's like, I need some air. I got to go to the ice machine right quick. She stands by the vending machine. She takes a deep breath. But Damon, unfortunately, has followed her out. And she says, don't. And he says, why not? And she's like, I don't have a good answer. She says, don't ask questions. She takes a deep breath and she kisses him. The music swells. It is our first real, true Delaney kiss. Hmm, yummy. The other ones have been nothing. The other ones have been like tenuous. Like the first one that we thought was a Delena kiss was when he was kissing Catherine on the porch. And then the next one was when he was on his deathbed. So it doesn't count. Yeah. And then there was the other one on the porch, but Elena wasn't into it then, or she wasn't as into it. This one, Elena initiated. Yeah, this one, it was like, oh, you guys want to kiss. So this is our first real one. They kiss. It goes to what clearly once was a commercial break. And when it comes back, they're still making out Slay. There's no music. It's just plain making out now. And then Jeremy walks in and he's like, hello. He's like, um, excuse me. He says BTW Rose found Mary. She lives in Kansas. Damon says, great, let's go. And he walks away. Jeremy looks at Elena so disappointed. He's like, girl. And Jeremy's like, and Rose is also mad because she is really pissed that you guys were making out while she was telling me this because she wanted to see it. She wanted me to tell you that. Rose woke Jeremy up and was like, hey, BTW, I found Mary Porter. she lives in Kansas. Where are Damon and Elena right now? And he's like, I don't know. And then she like hops away for a second, hops back. She's like, dang, out of the vending machine. I fucking missed it. (laughs) She's like, I didn't see the lead up. She's like, you need to go break that up. She's like, Jeremy, did you see anything? When did they leave? When did they start making out? And Jeremy's like, I was asleep. And she's like, well, you're fucking useless. She's like, you've got to be fucking kidding me. It's like, what was this all for? Then we go back over to the Salvatore house. Alaric wakes up. Stefan says, welcome back. Rick's like, what happened? Did I, you know, like change into evil Alaric? And Stefan says, no, you laid there dead for half the night. But on the plus side, I did almost finish reading Moby Dick. And Alaric says, this is stupid. Okay, evil me is not going to make an appearance. Why would he? The best hiding place is one where you can't find the person who hid it. And Stefan says, yeah, I know that. That makes sense. And Rick says, so how do you want to do this? And Stefan says, I don't want to do any of this. Stefan's like, I want your alter ego to come out. I kind of thought this was up to you today. Yeah. Rick says, look, we don't have much choice. So then Rick takes off the ring and Stefan's like, what the fuck? And Rick's like, look, I need to assume that my alter ego doesn't have a death wish. And I'm taking bets that my dark side has a sense of self-preservation. So let's see if he defends himself against death. Stefan says, I'm not going to kill you. And Rick says, well, if you want any chance, you're going to have to try. Yeah, he's like, no, I have my own plan now. And this is what we're doing. You have not gotten anywhere today. Stefan punches him. And then we go over to Kansas where Damon, Elena and Jeremy have arrived. Jeremy says, this is the address. They say, great. And Elena says, hey, Jeremy, you just wait here. Jeremy says, why? So you can make out some more? They're like, shut up. He said, maybe if the mood strikes. They said, it depends what it looks like in the house. Damon says, don't be a dick. Listen to your sister. Jeremy scoffs, but he does let it go because he doesn't want to deal with it. He's like, I just had to say something, uh, but I will stay outside. I don't really need to go in this house. He's like, I'll stay outside for now, but I just want you all to know you're not getting off the hook with that quick geography question. How close is Kansas to Colorado? Well, we have to assume that they made some headway between the two. Okay, but how close is Kansas to Colorado? Colorado's further east than you think it is. Oh, Colorado's right next to Kansas. See, yeah. So if they were in Denver, it would be like a five-hour, 50-minute drive to Kansas. I just navigated to Kansas, so I don't know where in Kansas they are. But we have to assume they were kind of halfway between at some point. I was curious. I know that's uh, not important, but I have no idea where the states are generally. I can picture a map. I'm just not good with the scale. So they go inside the house. It's dark, but Elena has a flashlight, and they should see that as a bad sign. But whatever, it's a mess in the house. Damon says, "Ah, vampire hoarders," and Elena says, "How do you know this lady?" And he says, "Oh, Scary Mary. She's really old, super creepy." Elena says, "Yeah, but how do you know her?" And he says, "Ah, you know." So he had sex with her. Queen is <laughs> such a whore. He's been hoarded up, coast to coast. And she says, "Oh, of course." And he said, "What?" I said, "She was creepy, not ugly." <laughs> And I see this little hoarder house, her name being scary. Mary, this is me if I were a vampire. Unfortunately, that does mean I am dead. But she wasn't killed for her hoarding tendencies. She had some extenuating circumstances. Yeah. (laughs) Something like falls and they go in a room and they find her up against the wall staked with a baseball bat. And Damon says, oh, Mary. And from behind them, Cole says quite contrary. And then he turns on the lights, <laughs> which makes you think, how long was he sitting there? And how many like lines did he have, depending on what they said. I bet he sat down and he was like, okay, I gotta have something funny to say, like after Mary. He's like, because they'll probably say something about Mary. And he's like, back up if they don't say anything about Mary, baseball joke. Like that's what I call a home run. <laughs> like, looks like she struck out. Batter, batter, swing. Yeah. <laughs> Looks like Mary slid into home. Bottom of the ninth. You know, he had to be sitting there for a while. It was pretty funny. He does milk the dramatic moment. We go back over to the Salvatore house where Stefan continues to punch Rick. Rick says he's not putting enough into it. And Stefan says, well, if I put any more into it, I'm going to break your spine. He punches harder. Rick falls to the ground. His mouth starts like bleeding. He's clearly knocked some teeth around, but hasn't knocked any out. King. It looked like he had knocked one out at first. I was like, man, that's going to be obnoxious to get that fixed. Yeah. Especially because your doctor friend is uh, probably on the outs with you right now. His blood is dripping everywhere out of his mouth and Stefan's veins show up. Rick says, don't back down now. And Stefan says, I really can't with the blood. And Rick says, oh, come on, you're past that. And Stefan says, I'm super not. Stefan's like, no, no, I'm not doing good with it. (laughs) I'm not past it to the point that this isn't affecting me. (laughs) Yeah, he's like, I still am smelling the blood a little more than I would like to. Rick says, great, then use it. Give into it like try and kill me. And Stefan says, not like this. And Rick says, absolutely like this. You need to want to kill me for me to believe you will. Stefan says, listen, if I start doing that, I'm not going to be able to stop. And Rick says, you want the answers from my darkest side? You're going to have to tap into yours. So don't fight it. So Stefan throws him against the wall very hard. Mm -hmm. His veins flash again. And then Rick turns his head and he starts laughing. So we know it's evil Alaric because only evil Alaric would giggle. (laughs) Even normal Alaric wouldn't giggle in a happy way. Yeah. There's just no giggling to be had from him. Yeah. And evil Alaric says, you are so weak. Look at you. One of nature's most hideous creatures. And you can't even get that right. And what's so funny about this is their plan was to make evil Alaric think he was going to be killed. And that's why he would come out. That wasn't what happened. Evil Lurk came out because he wanted to roast Stefan a little bit for being a pussy. That's what Stefan had to do. He just should have started crying. Yeah, it's like, come on, you're a vampire, dude. This is embarrassing. Seems like a lurk normal lurk was on the right path. Asking Stefan all these questions about Damon and Elena should have kept going down there would have gotten here without having to beat up a lurk first. Yeah. Stefan says you and Rick says me, you know, we get it. We go back over to Mary's house. Cole says, what a shame. Mary used to be such a blast, but I don't know what happened. I think all the time with my family ruined her. She was kind of an original groupie. Serve. Slay. Love you, girl. Slay. Me too, girl. Elena says, oh, and were you her favorite? And Cole says, "Yo, you mean, did I turn her? You know what? I think I did. Oh, wait, no. Maybe it was Rebecca. Mm, There was also a class period. And let's not forget the Elijah affair. And he's like, I obviously talked to my brother and he told me you're trying to find out who you descended from. So now you never will. So where did we leave off last time? Picks up his bat again. And then he hits Damon's kneecaps with the bat again. And Damon says, oh, Elena, get out of here. She starts to run. Cole, of course, catches up to her because he's a vampire. And he says, you know, my brother says you're off limits. Just don't test me. Then he tosses her against the wall pretty lightly. Yeah. But enough to bump her head. Enough to make her be like, ow. Yeah. Damon gets up and chokes him and says, ah, don't touch her. And Cole says, oh, my God, I think I hit a nerve. (laughs) Cole's like, ooh, did you guys kiss finally? (laughs) Cole says, relax. I just want us to be even. You snapped my neck, killed my brother, and humiliated me. It's all about humiliation with the originals. Yeah, it's like, guys, you got to move past that. It was only embarrassing because you let it be embarrassing. Laugh it off. So Cole hits him a few more times with the bat and says, okay, now we're even. I've had my fun. And it's like, that's it? (laughs) He's just in with a bat. That's all it took to be even. Then over at the Salvatore house, Stefan asks where the stake is. Evil Alaric, Evil Alaric says, you know, you're worse than I ever was. Spineless, pathetic. And Stefan says, OK, just tell me where the stake is before I kill you. Stefan's like, you know, everyone tells me I'm pathetic. So you're going to need to help home with something else. <laughs> you're going to have to get a little more creative. And Rick says, you know, you're all going to burn, right? Ashes to dust. And Stefan's like, yeah, yeah, where's the stake? Yeah, Stefan says, blah, blah, blah. He's like, I really don't care. <laughs> yeah, he <laughs> says, where is the stake? Uh, he hits him a little bit more, he grabs his neck, and he says, okay, I'm going to kill you in three, two, one. And this is enough of a threat for Evilaric to say, it's in the cave where no vampire can get it. The cave where the coffin is, where vampires are, you know, locked out. Feels like a place Elena should have checked. Yeah, so I guess she didn't check everywhere. And evil lyric laughs because he's like, ha, huh, no vampire can get in. You fool. You'll never get it as if they have no non vampire allies. Yeah, like you think they can't find someone to go into a cave or again, compel someone to go into a cave? Yeah, It just feels like he's very confident that even telling them won't yield them getting it, which seems foolish. But that's why he's the the alter ego and not the main ego. Yeah. Stefan locks Rick up and takes out his phone to make a call on his way upstairs. But upstairs, he finds Klaus and Rebecca, although it's not Rebecca, but we don't know that yet. And Klaus says, that wasn't too hard, was it? So we go back over to Kansas. They're inside Mary's house still. And Elena asks Damon if he's OK. He says, yeah. He cracks a bone back into place and he grabs her face and he says, you OK? Because she's got one tiny little cut by her eyebrow. And she says, Ow. And she says, I'll be fine. They look at each other. They share a moment. He's touching her face and she backs away from it because she's like, oh, we're going to kiss again. I don't really want to deal with that right now with my brother outside. And Damon says, hey, what are you doing? And she says, what, what do you mean? And he's like, OK, I get it. And he says, this trip, you kissing me, like, what the hell is this? And she says, OK, the tea is that Stefan thinks I have feelings for you. And Damon's like, yeah, I agree with him. Damon says, well, do you? And she says, I don't know. And he says, huh, Okay. well, I guess you thought this trip could help you figure it out. Or maybe you were hoping I would screw it up and make the decision for you. Am I wrong? And she says, well, it's what you do, Damon. You sabotage things. Think about it. Every time there's a bump in the road, you lash out. And that is true. It is true. Damon says, what if I didn't? What if there was no bump? Well, there's always going to be a bump in the road. I mean, that's how roads work. Yeah. And also, what if you didn't? Well, then don't. What if you didn't? Yeah, what if you didn't? Stop killing people every time something goes a little out of place for you, babe. Stop killing people every time Elena is like a little bit mean to you. Maybe suck it up. He's like, Well, what if you were never mean to me? And she says, Well, I can't guarantee that. She's like, Sometimes I'm gonna be mean. Although he does make a good point here, he says, like, I'm sorry, Elena, but this time I'm not gonna make it so easy for you. You'll have to figure it out yourself. It really has been back and forth of Elena being like, no, I think I have feelings for Damon, but then he does something and it makes me doubt it, blah, 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 back and forth. Damon's like, I already know where I'm at. You have to figure this out. Mm -hmm. Like make a call here, which got to love it. King, love yourself. He never stood up for himself this way with Catherine. And Elena's like, man, Catherine didn't have to deal with this. She's like, man, I see why Catherine just dated both of you. It was easier. Mm -hmm. She's like, if I could go back in time, I might do that. (laughs) So if I could compel one of you, I would. Then we go back over to the Salvatore house. Klaus pours a drink and Rebecca brings Rick upstairs. And Klaus looks at all the blood over Rick and says, that's a little gratuitous, Stefan, don't you think? I would have been more gentle. Rebecca says, okay, well, I'm going to take him to the caves where he's going to go inside and fetch me the steak. Uh, And BTW, sir, if you think you can hide, you're wrong. And they leave. Klaus and Stefan just let her leave with him. And I know that they have no reason to not think Rebecca's going to be on their side. But it's unfortunate. They have no reason to not think she's on their side. But Klaus, shouldn't you send like Stefan with her so that, I don't know, Alaric doesn't try to stake your sister? Well, it just feels like they all should go. Why only send one person? Yeah, it feels like they all should be like, no, let's all go together. Then Klaus can see the stake. So Rebecca leaves with Rick and Klaus says, and then there was one. I heard about your brother's mission to Denver. BTW, he failed. Not like that's news anymore because that's what he does. Klaus is like, that's all he ever does with his plans is lose. And Stefan says, "Okay, what are you going to do now, Klaus? Kill me. And Klaus says, I haven't actually decided yet. And Stefan says, yeah, you have. Stefan's like, no, you definitely have decided. He says, you have every chance and every excuse to kill me. And you haven't, which means you don't want to. And Klaus says, no, duh, I want you to be my friend again. I could not make it more obvious that I want you to be my BFF again. He's like, I've been telling you for months that we're best friends and I've been waiting for you to remember that and, like, come back to being my friend. So, yeah, I'm not killing you because I want my friend back. And, like, I thought you were going to do it by now. Yeah, and Klaus says, I'm waiting for my old friend to come back and it looks like he's just beneath the surface wanting to come out and play. Isn't that right, Ripper? And Stefan says, you know... I've been fighting that part of myself, thinking if I repress it, it'll go away, but it won't, obviously. So now that I've accepted it, it can't control me and neither can you. And he's kind of bluffing here because he's not so sure of all this, but you got to hand it to him. He's got a bluff to Klaus. Yeah, he hasn't fully accepted it. He can't fully control it. But no point in telling Klaus that. Yeah. And Stefan says, so unless you're going to stake me, get the hell out of my house. And Klaus is disappointed with this conversation, but he does leave. Because Stefan needed to call this bluff because Klaus keeps threatening to kill Stefan, but he clearly doesn't want to. Yeah. Then we go out on the road. Damon is driving. Elena's in shotgun. Jeremy's in the backseat. It's raining. It's very quiet and awkward in the car, of course. And can I just say that it would have probably been smart to stay at this house a little longer? I mean, yes, Mary's dead and you can't ask her who turned her or whatever, but she is a hoarder. There might be some information in there, but I get it. They're kind of done with the day. They're moving. Yeah, it might be kind of worth it to go through her things. Just check a couple boxes. See if she kept a journal. Yeah, there's a secret journal somewhere. A journal that says, "So Elijah turned me today." Yeah. <laughs> and in silence, Rose appears in the back seat next to Jeremy and says, "Are we there yet?" Jeremy like looks at her like, "Oh, I'm sorry. Am I supposed to like talk to you now?" It's like, I'm sorry, I'm not really your friend. Like, I got kind of looped into this today. She says, don't tell them I'm here. They had a fight. I've been watching because if I'm one thing, I'm a Delaney shipper. She's like, because I had to miss the fucking kiss. So I've been watching pretty close because I thought, I don't know, maybe the kiss again. Yeah. And she says to Jeremy, I know you want to stop it and protect her from it. But you're young. You don't see what I see. It's not just that she makes him a better person, which she does. But he changes her too, challenges her, surprises her, makes her question her life and beliefs. Stefan is different. His love is pure. He'll always be good for her. And Damon is either the best thing for her or the worst. And she disappears after giving her two cents on the love triangle. Mm -hmm. So her thesis is basically like Stefan is always going to be good for her, but he's not as exciting as Damon. Damon's always exciting, but he could either be really good or really bad. Well, I think it's, it's partially to what I took from it as a, Delena, girl is that Stefan will always be good for her. He'll always be fine. Damon will either be absolutely great or the risk you take when you're going for absolutely great is that there will be low points too. You can either get basis or better. Do you think there's anything that could happen that would tip the scales in Damon's favor for Elena's life? You know what I'm asking? I mean, I, personally think the scale is already tipped in Damon's favor because I think Elena wants someone who pushes her in this way like I think there was a part of Elena and she basically said this that liked Stefan when she needed to feel safe but her life isn't safe anymore it hasn't been for some time and so there's no point in sticking in a relationship because of that safe feeling is my thought so I think the scales already tipped that that way I think Elena has some you know discovery to do to essentially get to this point that Rose is saying of like I like Stefan because I feel safe with him. But is that like, is that enough? everything? Yeah. Sometimes just like basis, pure love is not enough. We'll see if it is in this case. Who knows who, who knows who Elena ends up with? Who can say. Then we go over to the Forbes house. Caroline has a pillow and some sheets and she says to Tyler, like my mom says, you can stay as long as you want, but you will be sleeping on the couch, not in my bed. At least until we figure out what Stefan and Damon find out about Klaus. And Tyler says, well, if Klaus didn't create their line and they're trying to kill him, like, what do we do? And Caroline says, I just got you back. I'm not losing you again. She kisses him. She doesn't really answer his question, though. She's like, I'm going to try to figure it out. But full disclosure, I don't really know the plan at this moment. I'm just kind of hoping that he did create their line and then we don't have to do it. Yeah. She goes to leave him in the room and Tyler looks around and he spots the drawing on her nightstand of Caroline and the horse. And you have to assume he signed it because Tyler says, Klaus drew this for you. That's pretty creepy. And she's like, yeah, so creepy. Anyway. Yeah. Caroline's like, yeah, Klaus is pretty creepy, even when he's trying to be charming. And Tyler says, charming. Does Klaus have a thing for you or something? And she says, "Uh, as far as I'm concerned, he's incapable of real feelings. And he says, I'm serious. Like, what happened while I was gone? And she says, nothing. Nothing. And he says, Well, then why'd you keep this? Yeah. Why is the fucking picture still on your nightstand? Yeah. She says, I don't know, honestly. And he says, Okay, I'm going to find someplace else to spend the night. He hands her the drawing back and she goes. And look, I know he's mad because Klaus is coming after it, but I think there's something more insidious deep down why he's mad at this. And that's that he has never been able to successfully draw a horse and he's very jealous. Yeah. And also, Why'd she keep this? You know what? Even if a guy's creepy, if he draws a pretty picture of me. Yeah, I'm, I'll am i keep it. I'm vain. I'm going to keep it. It's like, ah. like Tyler, you draw werewolves. And he mostly just drew wolves when he was drawing. Yeah, he drew a lot of wolves. Like, so you can't even try to draw a picture of Caroline. Yeah. So it's like, draw a picture of Caroline. Ta-da. And also, I do think, yeah, he probably can't draw a horse. He's like, I just their eyes, the spacing of them makes no sense to me. I think he can do like part of it. Like, you know, that picture that's like a horse head and then like the body is all fucked up. Yes, that's what he can do. Well, I think Tyler's like one of those people that he can get most of it right. But there's something about like the spacing of their eyes, the size, like the proportions of their head. There's something about it that just doesn't compute him. Like the eyes are always way too low. And he's like, something about this isn't right. But then he puts them up higher and he's like, that doesn't look right either. I think in general, he can't draw eyes because I firmly believe based off how he draws wolves that he learned to draw using anime. And so he knows how to draw anime eyes, but he (laughs) hasn't been able to get past that yet. So you can draw a horse with anime eyes, but he's like, this is stupid. He's like, this looks so stupid. Why would I give this to anyone? Like he could draw an anime Caroline and horse together, but he's like, I'm not giving for that. That's so embarrassing. He said he was going to find someplace else to spend the night. He went to like the high school classroom to try to draw a picture and he couldn't do it. He spent all night and he couldn't figure it out. The uh, teacher comes in and she's like, why are there so many pictures of fucked up horses in here? And he's like, shut up. He said, that one was supposed to be Caroline. And she's like, it looks like a horse. Huh. And the other teacher said, Caroline Forbes? <laughs> this is nothing like her. The Tyler. So let we go back to the caves. Or I guess we haven't met in the caves yet this episode. So we go to the caves. Rebecca takes Alaric to the entrance. He goes in and she stops at the doorway. She says, go get it. You know, I can't get in. little fun Easter egg. If you're watching, when she got up to the door, we didn't hear the customary sound that we hear when vampires can't get in somewhere. She just stood there. A clue that was a hint at what was to come soon. Rick does go into the cave. He pulls it out and brandishes it to be like, I've got the stake. And for a second, it looks like he's going to try to stake her, which honestly, why wouldn't he? Yeah, why not try at this point? But instead, he also sits by the coffin and tries to open up negotiations. Again, might as well try. He says, why would I give you the one thing that requires everyone to keep me alive? And she says, oh, okay. are we bargaining now? Sure. What's your offer? And he says, there's only one stake out there, which means only one original has to die. If you help me, I'll make sure it's not you. It's kind of the best offer he can offer. And I think he knows that it's not a good offer, but he figures what else can he do at this point? Well, you know, best case scenario, maybe Rebecca's mad at Klaus for something right now. Like, that's not a crazy thing to hope for. He's got to try it. It's worth bringing on the table. He knows this is probably nothing, but might as well try to hold on to the one stake you have left, you know? Yeah. She says tenuous, but points for effort. And she says, you see, I don't want one original to die. And then she steps in the cave. And you can see Rick like jump, like what the hell? It's like, wait, I'm supposed to be safe in here? <laughs> yeah. Well, and she said, I don't want one original to die. And I was like, maybe Rebecca's mad and she wants like one of them to die, I guess. But I was like, that doesn't really seem like her. And then she came in, I was like, oh, Esther. Yeah, Rick says, how did you do that? <laughs> how did you come in this cave? And she says, you know, it was easy to fool Niklaus but I thought you of all people would understand. After all, my son did use your body at one point. Again, like they're giving us all these clues They're going to lead us to water. He says, you're not Rebecca. And she says, no, my name is Esther. And we have a great deal in common. And that's where we end the episode with Rebester in the cave. Rebester. (laughs) That's what I'm calling her. (laughs) So what do you think Esther's plan is with Rick or with any of these people? I think she's trying to get the evil Rick out to to kill some people. Because you have to wonder, I mean... I think kill the original specifically, obviously. And ideally she could just link them again. Yeah, she's only got one stake. So wouldn't she have to link them again? But she doesn't have a witch's body and she doesn't have the power she once did. So how could she link them again? Yeah, but you would think she would still be able to pull witch power because since she can walk in to a non-vampire space, like you can either be a witch or a vampire. So you would think that if she's not limited by the same vampire rules, then she's not limited to not have witch rules, you know? Maybe, but she still needs power to do a spell. I mean, she still can pull from the Bennett line because she's not using it to keep her body alive right now. But she can't pull the same amount of power from the Bennett line because it's been severed. But she didn't need as much power to link them as like her other spells, you know? Like when she linked them, it was really like a, it was a pretty quick spell when she had Elena's blood. She was still drawing from the Bennett line though. So she had doppelganger blood and the Bennett line. So she had like, she had backup. So she needs to get that power from somewhere, whether that's the Bennett line or not. I don't know. But right now we don't know her to have the Bennett line power. So she might have to find that power elsewhere. Where do you think she might find that power? Knowing what we know about how witches find power. I'm sure she could find some from like the other side. I mean, she had friends there who hate the originals and hated what they were doing, and they can see that she's trying a way around it. I mean, you have to assume her getting into Rebecca's body took some amount of power which I bet she could do by herself, but could probably be easier with someone's help, especially like if you're overtaking an original vampire, that's more power than getting into, say, Rick's body. Mm -hmm. The other option is, you know, that they didn't actually destroy all the stakes and they just locked them up somewhere in the house because they wanted to have access to them if they ever needed them or something. Like, so they could still have more stakes. That's true. We haven't seen them burn them. Yeah. And it could be a situation too of like, She wants all the originals dead, but like she might have to pick one. Who do you think she'd pick if she could only pick one? I think she'd pick Klaus. Yeah. And I think it'd be a pretty quick decision for her. I think she's trying to team up with Alaric to essentially either get more stakes or help get doppelganger blood, even though she could realistically get doppelganger blood from, you know, the fridge at their house because we have to assume Klaus has a stockpile. Sure. So I I think she's hoping to take rick's dark side power and use that as well which also that could be some form of you know witch power of like taking dark magic power how do you think that's gonna affect rick do you think his like dark side is gonna become permanent i think that's a danger that could come from it i think the more that the dark side is let in and given a chance to like participate in plans then the less Rick is drinking his special herbs to stop the dark side. So I think it's one of those things where people have to be watching Rick a little bit. And the good thing is, you know, his little alter ego is not super good at pretending to be Rick. Like he's pretty good in the short term, but he still gives very suspicious vibes, but he's so disgusted by vampires. He can't hide it. Yeah. He like can't hold it all in all the way. So I think if they are, aware of it and looking out for it and if like say elena every day is like hey look let me watch you take your herbs right now like which you would hope they're kind of doing right now considering it's still fresh it could be a number of other people to try to trick around and mess with i do think this could be a dangerous time for meredith because i think alert's going to look for his little allies and dark side alert is not above killing them if he needs to yeah That brings us to the end of the episode. As always, if you are enjoying Doppelgangers or The Vampire Diaries, you should tell your friends and give us five-star rating and review on Apple Podcasts and Spotify Podcasts. And follow us on Instagram at Doppelgangers Podcast. But that's it for this week. So until next week, goodbye, brother. Goodbye, brother.